0: There'll be days like this
1: When there's no one
0: complaining There'll be days like this When everything falls into place Like the flick of a switch Oh, my mama told me There'll be days like this When you don't need to worry There'll be days like this
2: When no one's in a hurry
0: There'll be days
2: there will be days like this. Van Morrison, very fitting song, I think, right now for the times we are living in. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boulanger Thank you very much uh, for tuning in on this beautiful Wednesday here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We are in the studio Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada, and their goal is to make sure prescription drugs are more affordable so we can all live healthier lives during this pandemic. One thing I love that they are doing right now is they're helping out small businesses that can't afford healthcare for their employees. If you can save one aspect of healthcare, whether it be a massage, dental, acupuncture, you're going to be able to afford other aspects of healthcare, so... If you can save some money on prescription drugs, why not do so? Head on over to generousunited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S, united.ca. Today's episode is also brought to you by CryptoVantage. Cryptocurrency is everywhere you go. Left, right, center, up, down, everywhere you look, every conversation you have. People are talking about cryptocurrencies, NFTs. What are those? Head on over to cryptovantage.com. Slash high button. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Fill out the white paper, and CryptoVantage will send you a free information package that will allow you to know everything that comes to cryptocurrency. One more time: CryptoVantage.com/slash high button. Fill out the white paper at the bottom of the sheet, and you will be informed about everything you need to know. Like I said about cryptocurrency, NFTs. I have no idea what those are. Well, I do, but only because of CryptoVantage. Okay, CryptoVantage High Button Sports. We're here to help you. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Dale Hubley. Dale is a local maritime hockey memorabilia collector. He recently came across my jersey. Uh, when I played for the Halifax Mooseheads, I played a game uh, called the Battle of Nova Scotia where the Halifax Mooseheads and Cape Breton, I guess they're called, uh, back then they were called the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Now they're called the Cape Breton Eagles. But that's a, it's a Battle of Nova Scotia game that's usually actually played around the World Junior. So actually, like I remember that exact game was on December 30th. Um, and the only reason I got called up was because a couple players, I think it was Marty Furk. Marty Furk left to go to World Juniors. Uh, so I got called up. And I remember... Uh, it was a special game to me, one, because I got to play in front of a, a packed Metro Centre, family, friends, and I scored my only Quebec Major Junior Hockey League goal as well. And that's always been a dream of mine since I was a kid, one, to be able to play for the Mooseheads, and two, to be able to score in the Metro Centre back then. Um, so when uh, Dale messaged me about this jersey and said that he found it and uh, he was willing to, to give it back, I, uh, I was very appreciative of him reaching out, and I'm happy to have him on the podcast because he's just not a collector of Moosehead's jerseys, he's just anything uh, anything local sports memorabilia. CTV, Paul Hollingsworth, did a great story on him uh, a couple years ago going into his basement and showing everything that he had uh, you know, from the Nova Scotia Voyageurs and all the teams back in the day. So anyways, I'm excited to talk to Dale. It's going to be a great podcast. I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Oh, Dale Hubley, thank you very much for joining the show, man. I'm pumped to have you. My pleasure. Glad to be here. This is, uh, as you can see what I'm wearing, which you brought over, this is a, a jersey that, like I said, I wasn't looking for, but it's a jersey that you think of every now and then. When you see a picture of yourself uh, you know, playing in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and getting a goal in that jersey, like I said, you don't look for it, but you look at it online every now and then, and for you to send that message, I don't know, three, four, five days ago, whatever it was, um, and for it to be in my possession now, I, I can't thank you enough for, for bringing this over and... Uh, and uh, and essentially reaching out to me. So I do appreciate it.
3: Absolutely, my pleasure. A Battle of Nova Scotia game. Uh, so the fans are always pumped for, for that particular game, big rivalry against the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. Uh, so for you to get your only Q goal you know unfortunately your only Q goal hey i got that's more than most
2: you know in that
3: in that particular jersey it was easy to pinpoint that game that you got your only goal in so uh for me once i obtained the jersey it was a goal of mine to actually get it back to you
2: and i actually have the puck the puck is right over there on my uh little fishing net uh Sweet. Whatever. So it's over there. So I'm thinking, and we actually did a podcast with Nathan McKinnon and they did an article about the podcast in the Chronicle Herald. And then they put a picture of me in the article wearing this Jersey. So I'm thinking, i might like, get this framed, put the article in the frame and then put the puck. So, you know, that's, yeah, what, I'm that thinking. that's what I'm
3: thinking. That would look great together.
2: Yeah. Um. So let's talk about you. When did the, uh, when did, when did this hobby come into, when did it come into play in your life?
3: Always been a hockey fan. Uh, grew up uh, in the '80s. Started watching hockey early '80s. Probably 1980 was my first hockey game. Nova Scotia Voyagers, My dad would have took me to. Uh, really got a love for the game then. Uh, seeing uh, just the atmosphere at the Metro Center. Uh, obviously back then there wasn't a packed house like there is now for the Mooseheads. But as a young kid, you know, being amongst five thousand fans, you know, to me that was a big deal. Uh, I remember seeing my first. Uh, the The first player that I took to right away was Mark Holden was the goalie. I uh, thought that his mask was really cool. I uh, thought that uh, the goalie was kind of the center point of the game. And so that was why I started becoming a goalie and playing like a goalie on the street. Um, but I've always been a hockey fan. Back when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, which I never thought would happen in my lifetime, but it did, <laughs> You know, fortunately, uh, was a big... Uh, Brad Marchand fan, because uh, his family actually built my home. And so that's uh, where I got the connection with his family. And I remember when they won, my wife said to me, you know, you should put a few things up on the wall. You have all, you have all these things in boxes and, and collectibles And that when, you know, we had just moved to the new home. And I said, no, babe, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And I didn't have anything game worn. Most of my stuff was just replicas, but I had a lot of things signed. And of course, hockey cards, you know, you collect hockey cards as a kid who, you know, you're uh, growing up as a kid in Canada, you had hockey cards. And so I hung a few things up on the wall, some replica jerseys and some signed things and pucks and and whatnot. But the passion for the hockey jerseys and memorabilia collection didn't really start until probably about two or three years after that, when, um, I actually saw an ad on Kijiji for a guy selling Mooseheads memorabilia and thought, you know, I've been going to games since 1994, you know, Jody Shelley, Jaguar days, and that, you know, huge fan, was part of Moose Mania when it took off, and I thought, you know, that'd be pretty cool to own a jersey of one of these players, you know, and put that on my wall instead of just these these replica jerseys. So I reached out to the guy, and the first two jerseys that I purchased from him, and of course, being a goalie fan, was Pascal Leclerc and Alexei Volkov, who of course were the goalie duo for the Mem Cup back, you know, in 2000. And so, you know, I thought I had the world by, you know, you know what? And so it was, it was, they were two great pieces for me. And then it started from there. It really did. The, the love for, for collecting hockey jerseys. Um, yeah.
2: That's awesome.
3: You know, it was, it was good times. And then from that, uh, I remember the same guy that I got those two from, uh, since he knew I liked goalies and Moosehead jerseys, he the next person he gave me what name was uh, Brad Hartland who owned a sports bar downtown. And so uh, I reached out to Brad and he had Jaguar's and Jody Shelley's jerseys hanging in the rafters down at the sports bar. And they had been there for, I don't know how many years. And so I remember going to meet Brad at the sports bar and he's like yeah you know what you should have these you know we're kind of you know he, he sold them to me was there was no giving but at the same time i was more than willing to buy them because again Jaguar was like my guy with the moose heads and of course jody shelley all time greatest you yeah. know legend for you know the one of the one of the guys of the creators of moose mania and he had his captain jersey and i thought you know that that's probably be a cool jersey to have definitely and that's what really started it once i had a player jersey not just goalie jerseys That's when the passion, I think, for the hobby took off. Like, uh, when I talked to Paul Hongsworth and we did a, did a little TV segment with him, uh, it was a spark. Like you said, it really was a spark to kind of pursue the hobby passion. It's a passion.
2: Yeah. Well, when, when I was watching that clip, I, uh, I was amazed with everything that you were, or I guess the camera was showing. It was unbelievable. Some of the things that were on there and how far back the history of Halifax hockey, uh, I guess goes with COVID and everything coming into play this year, I had a lot of time on my hands. And that was one hobby I picked up was looking at the history of Halifax and where hockey and Halifax come together and looking at the Voyageurs and the Mooseheads even all the way back then. And oddly enough, just the Metro center. So for some reason I was fascinated by the Metro center as a kid. And with this time on my hands as a, I'm a young adult, I I get to look back and see some of the the history of uh, the Metro Center, which uh, for some reason has always fascinated me. And when I saw that video clip of Paul Hollingsworth, what he did, it was like I got to get this guy on, and he has my jersey, so I got to meet him anyway. So let's like, let's just make it happen. But that's awesome that uh, that you're able to hold all these things as uh, a sentimental value, and you have them in your possession. That's a I think there's a lot of people that would like to be in your shoes.
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, the Mooseheads was my was my passion. And then um, uh, back in 2017, uh, you know, you're just surfing the internet and you're going through some things. And I came across an auction site that was uh, auctioning off a Nova Scotia Voyagers jersey and a Citadel's jersey at the same time. One was uh, Big Dog, Greg Smith his jersey from the Citadels, mm. and the other one was uh, Rick Wamsley, who was a goaltender for the for the Voyagers back in the early 80s before his call-up to the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, you know what? That'd be kind of a cool piece to own. I mean, maybe I should chase that. And so uh, I remember the auction went until, like, the wee hours of the morning, and, like, it went so long, I literally would fall asleep and then wake back up, and it would still be going, Um for like extended bidding, they call it. Like if there's any action on it for, for five, like if there's no action on it for like 10 minutes, then it ends. Uh, but apparently these auctions go all night. So I'd wake up and then check it and it would be, oh, you've been outbid and I'll throw another number on it. Oh, you're the high bidder. Oh, okay. Now it's interesting. And so I stay up all night to wake, to, to make sure I, you know, see if I win this and I do, and I'm excited and I'm like, okay, now I'm getting a Voyagers and a citizens Jersey. This should be cool. And I remember when they came in the in the, uh, in the the mail and I thought, wow, these are pretty cool. Now this is actually hockey history from Halifax and Nova Scotia. Now I don't just have a Mooseheads, you know, collection of jerseys. Now I've got this. And then that's when it really started hitting home of, you know, I'd like to have another one of these yeah. and then another one yeah. and then another one. And then I started meeting so many different people because now instead of just focusing on the Mooseheads my Rolodex of contacts is expanding all over the globe from here right to California. And you realize how did these jerseys go from like Halifax, Nova Scotia to Hollywood, California. (laughs) And you, you know, and you, and and that's half the fun of this hobby is the the story of the piece, the particular piece where it went when it left the hands of, you know, the team. I love that when you gave me this jersey, you're like there's a little something yellow on the sleeve and I'm I'm trying to think like
2: there's a story behind <laughs> that little mark on the sleeve. You know, there when you bring this back to me and I open the package up, my mind is rushing with memories of being me being in the dressing room, putting it on for the first yep. time. There's definitely a special fit to this because it's a it's a this is a pro jersey. So they make it in a certain factory where amateurs don't get there's a there is a story, a hundred percent. I Absolutely. know that exact feeling that you're talking
3: about. Has the hockey, as a uh, Nova Scotia Sports Hall of Fame, re- ever reached out to you? They haven't. Um, I've had a few people tell me that I have a lot of stuff that belongs in there. Um, I know Alex Joseph, who was a part of the uh, selection committee for the Nova Scotia Bo- Sports Hall of Fame, and I remember Alex telling me, Dale, like you know, if you ever want to do a temporary display there, um, absolutely reach out to me, and we'll make it, we'll make it happen, um, because I. have I feel like uh, a lot of the things I have, and I have trophies. I have championship, Voyagers championship rings. I mean, pieces of memorabilia that I would just, you know, love to show to everyone. Everyone. Exactly. Like whether it was down there for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, however long, I think that it's a, it's a, it's a deserving collection for, uh, more than just my friends and family to see.
2: I think there's a lot of people out there that would be interested in looking at some of the things you have, a hundred percent,
3: like the, a pop-up shop, but or exactly like the, the history of Halifax goes deep, and of course, you know, once you get in, once I got into the uh, the Voyagers and the Citadel's and Nova Scotia Oilers, then I started even going back further, um, and a lot of that had to do with my discussions with Paul Hongsworth. He's like Dale, you know, I should really, you know, uh, get you introduced to uh, Fred McGilvery who was, you know, I believe, CEO and president of the World Trade and Convention Center, who his father was responsible for the Halifax Junior Canadians coming to, to uh, Nova Scotia, which a lot of people don't even know the history of that team. And to be honest, a quick story was when uh, I was a kid and I was going to the Halifax Citadel Games and we lost AHL hockey here, I was devastated because that was, that was my thing to do with my friends. And so we had no hockey for a year. And then when the announcement came out that we were getting Quebec Major Junior Hockey, the Halifax Mooseheads, I was like, "Oh, whoopee! We're getting junior hockey. Who's going to go watch that?" Was that
2: the common like uh, excitement around the city? Did it was anyone like, "Hey," eh. was everyone? Yeah, it kinda wasn't just like... it, it was
3: it was big news, but I don't know just how. I don't think anybody anticipated the level of uh, professionalism that it would come to be these days, in, in the the packed the packed house at the Metro Center that w- that the Mooseheads get. But I remember my mother telling me. And telling me stories of these Halifax Junior Canadians of like people holding $5 bills over the glass for Bobby Sheehan to get as many goals as he could. And he just kept scoring more and more goals. And like they just kept hanging more and more dollar bills over the glass. And the guy would just keep scoring. And I thought, that's pretty cool. Well, we'll see where this goes, Mom, because I don't know how I feel about junior hockey. And as we know, what happened to the Halifax Moose just exploded. You know, it took, a, you know, not that long. And once it did, it, you know, became very exciting.
2: Were you at the first ever Mooseheads game by any chance?
3: I think I was, but I because I wanted to go see what see what it was all about. Um I if I was, I really don't have a lot of memories from the game. Um but I definitely attended quite a few games from that first year. I I, I can tell you that. I, I have a lot of good memories from from yeah. that first year and Jaguer and some of the tough guys that they had on the team. And you know, we 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 were a competitive team, actually. We did decent. Yeah. Good to know, yeah, did you ever meet Jagera Shelley? Uh, I've never met uh, Jagera Shelley. Um, I do have nowadays a little, a few more contacts with the players. Like, it's pretty common for me to reach out to some of the players. Uh, good friends with Alex Gravel, yeah, uh, you know, five, five years with the team have actually. Pretty much all his goalie masks in my collection. No way. <laughs> yeah, Alex is great, great guy. Super guy. Uh, I've actually had him at my home. He was so pumped to come out and see some of the goalie masks. Like I have quite a few uh, CHL junior masks. Really? And uh, he was so pumped to come out and have a look because I, I had one of his masks at the time and he's like, Dale, that's my rookie mask. I'd like to come out and have a look. And so he came out, had a look. And then from there, you know, I got three of the other four that he had and some of them are so personalized, like with a goalie mask, they're very personal. You know, they paint their masks, you know, whether it's uh, you know, a cartoon character they like or things about the city or just something from their childhood, what got them into hockey. Um, you never think that they're going to part with them. And I, obviously Alex has his reasons. Um, even his last mask, it had the Halifax Citadel's chin on the chin. It had the, the Citadel's logo. And I knew exactly what it was because his dad played two official games with the with the uh, Citadels' Francois no Gravel. So that was Alex's connection to the city of Halifax. And so I never even thought of asking for that mask. And then he just reached out one day and said, Dale, do you want the, the one that I did with the Citadels on the chin? And I was like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. You know, like, why? why? Why would you get rid of that one? It's so personal. He says, you know what? You have all the other ones. I would prefer that you had them all that way, if I ever do want them back, I know where they're at. And you have the passion for it, so you'll probably get more enjoyment out of it in your on your shelf with others than I will with it maybe sitting in a hockey bag for the next, you know, 5, 10 years.
2: That's incredible. What a story. Yeah. For,
3: and, like, the trust he must have in you. That's crazy. Yeah, good guy. Great guy. I mean, uh, you know, not a lot of fans get to have a player over to their home. And get to learn about the uh, the individual himself, and so for me, it wasn't just you know, hey, have a look at this, have a look at that. He's very open on like you know his life story and that, and you know the the fans treat the players here like they're professionals, and the 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 kids act like they're professionals, but they have to remember that they are still teenagers and they're learning. And the fans at a Halifax are so they expect a winner, and so that's just what they've come to 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 know and love. But when we don't perform, you know, the fans sometimes don't show up and they're bitter and they're on these kids really hard. But they're 16 to 20 year olds. Mm. They're still learning life, too.
1: Mm.
3: You know, So I, after my, my meet up with Alex, I had a lot more respect for some of the players and the things that they go through. He had gone through some hard times with some of his billets. Oh, no, yeah. Not not treating him poorly. Yeah. But just the billets themselves actually having, you know, whether some health issues oh, and interesting. having to go through some tough times. Like they're they're really billets are like their parents. Yeah. And so if the billets are going through a tough time, it's hard for the players too. And that's what you don't see on the ice. If a guy's struggling on the ice, you don't know what's going on in his life. Mm.
2: You know? A big part of junior hockey is making sure that the guys are comfortable. Outside of the rink, it's a huge part, and you have to spend a lot of money to make sure that these kids are comfortable oh, outside of the rink. And a lot of people praise Bobby for that because I've been—I've never stayed in a billet, but uh, I know for sure firsthand, being behind the scenes in that organization, that the guys, you know, they're—they're they're happy for the most part, and they're able to get to the rink. There's a driver going back and forth. There's food, but yeah, for sure, like you said, there's definitely a lot that goes into the the behind the scenes stuff to make sure a guy's performing well, on the ice. It's
3: crazy. It really is. I'd love to be a billet.
2: My wife yeah. won't go for it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole, it's a, we, we did, when I played junior a, uh, you know, Stephen Woodworth played for Cape Breton way back. Yep. He, well we were teammates and he ended up living with me. And, uh, I guess you can say we were, our family took him in and it was cool for a little bit, but I don't know, like I love Stephen, but I don't know if I could do it forever. It's a lot, it's a, it's a lot of commitment for sure. I think, so I think a lot of families might think, oh, we could do it. And then it actually comes to like month eight, and the guy's eating all the food out of your fridge. You're just like, oh geez, <laughs> they are teenagers, yeah. I know it's it's a lot, but no, it's it, it's definitely a thing that uh, yeah, you have to be fully teams, committed to. Yeah, it. you have to be.
3: Yeah, and I don't, and some people probably aren't prepared for that. Yeah, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, I'd love to host a player. How cool would that be? Yeah, but to actually go through with it, yeah, a different story. Yeah, um, but yeah, the Mooseheads is a first class organization. I have to say, the way they treat their players. And I mean, just look at the talent that's come through here. Some of that talent might not be as good as it is had it not been in a first-rate organization as the Mooseheads. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. They're set to a, a higher standard. I really believe that.
2: Yeah, they are. I, they. There's no debate. Um, the common trait of the of the the players that you reach out to. My reaction was it on point of just excitement. It was. Yeah. Is that is that the
3: every player you reach out to? Just oh my god. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, last year, uh, sorry, not last year, two years ago, same thing. I uh, picked up a Battle of Nova Scotia jersey, um, and the player, actually, once he f- discovered I had it, it was Mike Molly. He reached out to me and said, man, that's my jersey. I want that. <laughs> when can, can I come tomorrow and get it from you? Yeah. And met him on uh, Brad Merchant's property that we actually do the landscaping for, and he was so pumped. He was Mike was so pumped to get his jersey back, same thing. Uh, he only played a few games and that was one particular game that he was called up for and yeah. he was stoked. Yeah. The reactions are priceless. Like we did a little picture of him holding the Jersey in front of my, in front of my trailer and, uh, he was, he was so excited It's and, awesome. and it's a good feeling to reunite a player with their Jersey. Not everybody wants their Jersey back, um, what? But, yeah. Why, why?
2: Why not?
3: It's like when you see some of this, uh, some of the memorabilia for sale at an auction house, and you think, why? Why are they get? Why is Ray Bork selling off like eight jerseys and his, you know, his Norris trophies and things like that? Why? They just have so much of it, I guess. Okay,
2: that's fair. But you, you know? got the guys like me that didn't get there. And the, the I think we're the guys who are just like yes because we leave that dressing room we get cut we go down to junior A we're like oh we're never getting that jersey you know it's mm-hmm. it's the worst feeling yeah. and you think about it you know like I said to you before when you walked in here you think about it you know every you know what's that jersey doing right now yeah where's it at and and to to guys yeah. like me and to Molly and to these other the other guys like it, it does mean the world to us a hundred percent. I call my mom. My mom's freaking out. My dad's like, is it the real jersey? My dad's like, does it have the strap on the back? That's how so you know if it's the real jersey. I'm like, it's got the strap. <laughs> like, like, you know, like the, the amount of excitement that you brought to me and my family is priceless. It's oh, that's just, great. It's, I'm, it's, and it's I'm glad. Great...
3: That makes it all worth the while. It oh really does. I, the pa- I, I have a lot of passion for this hobby and- that is very rewarding. Yes. I love it. I love it when I can bring that smile to a player's face.
2: Oh, a Christmas miracle we're calling Awesome. It. That's what we awesome. said at the Boulanger household, Sweet. Christmas miracle. Sweet. But no, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's awesome.
3: So I want to know about the process. How do you hunt them down?
2: They're, and Art, can you
3: not give out the secret? Oh, no. I mean, there's numerous ways. I mean, uh, I have my methods. Okay. Um, and they're so varied. There's such a variety of ways. Like when I first started, if I didn't find an item on eBay or an auction house, I'd be like, well, how do these guys, how do these guys get this good stuff? Where's How How's this guy get a Jaguar mask? Or how's this guy get a Mary Lemieux jersey? Like yeah. you, you don't just luck into that. There's so many different ways. And I mean, it could be a, um, a quick, like for example, the, uh, the way that I got, I got into the hobby as we talked about earlier with the, um, uh, you know, off air was my first jersey was uh, Volkoff and Leclerc. And it was a Kijiji ad and the seller was actually had, uh, back in the day, they had a deal with, uh, the Mooseheads equipment manager to like buy the home, all the home whites and all the home and all the road reds. And, uh, you know, the money would be put back into new new skate sharpeners and things like that, that, you know, the team could use. And so, um, you know, that's one way that some of the jerseys got out there, equipment sales, you know, teams do equipment sales, uh, some teams auction items off. Uh, you know, other ways is I just really, when it comes back to some of the older players, I'll just reach out directly to them. And sometimes you get a response. Sometimes you don't. Perfect example for me was, uh, you know, the Mark Holden that we just talked about uh, being probably like my favorite goalie as a kid. Since I had Rick Wamsley's Rick jersey, I thought, you know, wouldn't wouldn't it be great if I had the team, the the, the goalie tandem from that year, like nineteen eighty goalie tandem, Mark Holden and Rick Wamsley's jersey? That would be so cool. So I reach out to Mark Holden on Facebook and just ask him, "Hey, is, are you the are you the Mark Holden that played for the?" Because you never know. Sometimes you can't always tell by a player's uh, or by a person's profile on yeah. Facebook or social media, Instagram, whatever, right? And uh, he writes back, "Yes, that's me." And that's it, just a quick answer like that. And so I give him a brief, uh, you know, brief history of who I am and the things that I have. And, uh, you know, hey, do you, do you have any items of, you know, your playing days? And, uh, you know, it's only a short time after that he responds and he said, I do. Uh, I have, you know, a few of my jerseys from my playing days here in Halifax. I love Halifax. I'm actually still in the Halifax area. Love Like the city so much, stayed, right? Got married here.
2: Another classic story of people right? staying here. Exactly.
3: And, uh, he said, but Dale would take, you know, a pretty penny for me to pry my jerseys away from me. I said, well, can you send me some pictures? You know, like I I just want to see, and I'm not doubting the authenticity of them, but I want to see, I want to see them. Right. And a short time after that, he messaged me back some pictures and I was like, oh man, those are great. That's my, that's my youth right there. A 1980, you know, Voyagers jersey. I remember going to that first game, Mark, like, man, that's a memory right there. And your Nova Scotia Oilers jersey. Okay. So you don't want to insult a guy. Yeah. with like a you know a ridiculous low ball offer and you also don't want to pay too much so you know you got to kind of go by market value and come up with a you know a fair offer to him and if he takes it great if he doesn't you know you just move on and uh he was like so excited oh yeah you know what I'll that's pretty fair i'll uh, i'll dig i'll uh, you know i got some other things let me go digging in the uh in my my garage or my basement and uh, But had said, committed to selling me the jerseys, which is great. I'm like, you know, pumped. Here we go, man. I like this. I watched you playing this. Like, you know, you're probably not as excited as I am. I know the
2: excitement you're talking
3: about because I feel like I just (laughs) had the same excitement. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then he comes back and he he sends me an email and says, Dale, I have uh, here's a few other items, whether you're interested in them or not, you know, whatever. If not, you know, the jerseys are still here for you, you know, we'll meet up. And in the picture he sends me in the email, it's his goalie masks. And I'm like. Oh man, this guy doesn't even realize that this is what got me into being a goaltender was this classic fiberglass relic of a mask kind of thing. Right. And I'm like, Mark, yes, I'm interested. Here's what I'll give you for the masks and the jerseys and everything He's like, Dale done, let's get together. Come on right over to my place, you know, tomorrow and you know we'll do the we'll do the transaction.
2: One thing I love about you so far is that you feel you seem like a really personable guy. So if he wants to go to your house and see his stuff again, he just can. Absolutely. Is that you know, I feel like oh, I remember when we were without talking question. on without, when we were talking on Facebook there for a bit, you were, you know, you're you, were, you were quick with your responses. I felt that personal relationship with you kind of quickly. And now that you're here, we've how long's the podcast been going for? 30 30 minutes. 30 minutes? It's I just feel it with you. You, you we can able to you know, have a relationship. Yeah, I'm gonna go look at his house. I'm gonna go look at all the memorabilia he has. It's just okay. Yeah, you're you're gonna be taken something from someone but you're giving him value and mm-hmm. at the end of the day if he ever wants to go see it again or bring his kids no, without question it's just I, I feel like you're the right guy for the job if you know what i
3: mean it's all under once once i get in a piece that's you know means so much to me it all goes in setup it's all on display in a very professional manner almost like a mini nova scotia sports hall of fame we yeah. actually call it hubley's hall I Paul, love it. Paul Hongsworth dubbed it Hubley's Hall on the, on the ATV segment. And it's really stuck. Like my friends and and my collector friends will, will, uh, you know, they recognize that name now. Let's say, Hey Dale, I just found a nice piece that belongs in Hubley's Hall. And you know, I snicker every time I see it, I get kind of like joke about it, but it's cool. It's cool to have that, that little name associated with it. And absolutely. I love showing the the stuff off. Uh, you know, it, we're in unfortunately these COVID times, so Not that many people will come through the house now and have a look at it. Um, You know, once we get back to some normalcy, hopefully sooner than later. Again, I've got so many, you know, close friends and and people that I've, you know, that have sold me some things that said, oh, man, once this is, you know, once these times are a little more normal, I'd love to come over and have a look. And I love showing it off. And I really do. like. And when people get down into the man cave, they're, oh, wow. They really, they'll enjoy it. And I see the, I see the, uh, the excitement in their eyes too, to see the pieces and, and relive some of that, uh, Halifax slash Nova Scotia hockey yeah. history. And that, and that's what I focused on now is not just the moose heads, but going back like my oldest piece for a hockey jersey would be a first year, uh, Nova Scotia Voyagers jersey of, uh, Chuck, I actually have two, Chuck Lefley and, uh, Chuck Arneson. so what year would that have been? 1971-72. So I have a home white and a road red, um, and they, they sit in, uh, in between them sits the uh, championship scoring trophy of Yvonne Lambert, his scoring title trophy from, 1972, uh, 73. So kind of a cool little display wow. in that, right? Um, but other things go back. Uh, and again, when the Halifax Junior Canadians, such a large part of the hockey history here, um, just recently acquired a piece that, for me, is phenomenal. And the the person that gave it to me said, Dale, this belongs in your collection of memorabilia. And it's the uh, actual uh, Junior A Hockey Championship trophy that was presented to the teams between 1957 and 1969. And the Halifax Junior Canadians won that every year they were in the league the last four years. Wow. And he wanted me to have it, and um, just great. You know, you put that on display with a picture of the team from the first year, and like, awesome. Do you ever flirt with the idea
2: of getting like a storefront and opening up your own little Hall of Fame?
3: (laughs) I'd love to. I really would. I mean, there's, it's at the point now where there's just so much stuff that you can't display everything. You know, like why not? Oh, I've got my complete. Oh,
2: you mean in your basement? Yeah, just no room. Okay.
3: Yeah, my wife says I can have as much as I want as long as it doesn't come. (laughs) Upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Upstairs. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> That's like me with this place. Nothing comes up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and I've I've i filled it and you know, like but I can't display it all. And it's too bad because there's some nice pieces that probably sit on like just a um, a fixture rack of clothing and they're just on a hanger instead of being like on the walls. And some will say, Well, why do you keep going them? Why do you keep buying all of them? You know, like you why are you a hoarder? You know, like some people are jealous and uh, of a hoarder. Yeah, because well who needs 13 Nova Scotia Voyagers jerseys. I just want one, you know, and for me, I understand that, but it's, they don't understand the passion that I have for that, for for those jerseys and for the teams and seeing those teams as a kid. Like I would have never thought that I would have pieces of that history in my basement, but I'm at the point in my life where, you know, I can afford to have them. I enjoy them. You know, I have a successful business and I, and I reap the rewards of that. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't smoke. I drink very little. And so I like to spend my money on the hockey jerseys and memorabilia because I have that passion for it. And like, I get excited. It's like a, when, when a box comes in the mail, it's like a Christmas morning for me every time. You know, I can't wait to rip it open, have a look at it, see the, oh, it's got a couple of good team repairs here. Look at this. There's probably like, that's a 14 stitch repair on that arm. There's puck marks, a board burns. <laughs> right? The more beat yeah. up they are. And my daughter ex- has, has accepted that passion as well. She'll come down and we'll, you know, we'll go, she likes hearing the stories. Hey dad, how'd you get this one? Yeah. And she, uh, you know, if you ask her, what's your favorite one? She'll always pick out the ones that are beat up the most too. Dale Hubley, life is too short to not do something you love, my man. <laughs> exactly. You're a grown man. Who cares about yep. what people think? Yep. I'm
2: a grown man sitting in my basement doing a podcast. Some people may not approve of that, but I love it. You, you, you got to You're a one man army. You're, you're, you, you have collections that people will want for the rest of their lives. I wish I had some of your memorabilia. That says you're a one man army, and you come down here and you talk about the word passion. You don't have to listen to this podcast to not know that there's passion oozing out of your mouth. That's all you care about is this stuff. So who cares if there's jealous people there? Dude, you're, you're. I love it. You're, I, you're, I love, you're, you're I in the right.
3: I absolutely love the hobby. Yeah. I love it. I've met some great people along the way, people all over the world. And, you know, it, uh, when people see the things you have, um, like even a perfect example, just being on that, uh, the segment with Paul Hongsworth. My phone just absolutely blew up for three days. And it was people that wanted to give me stuff even. no, Hey, Dale, I saw your thing on TV. And uh, yeah, you know what? I've got a couple old sticks from the 1980s and uh, from the AHL. That, you know, I got when I was a kid. But, you know, they've been sitting in my basement. I was actually going to throw them out. But, you know, would you like to have them? I mean, the thing, I've, I know for sure that I have salvaged things from just going in the trash. In a garbage bag and going to the curb and then probably to a landfill and never to be seen again.
2: Do you know other people like you that live in this area that have memorabilia? Maybe not at your level, but just have the same passion as you.
3: I do. Yeah. Yeah. Some te- Some. Uh, some guys collect certain teams. I. You know, I have a friend that. Uh, um, again, just met him uh, here a couple years ago. And he's has the same passion for the Cape Britain Screaming Eagles memorabilia. That's cool. You know, and and you get to go over to to his place and see what he's assembled for his team and his passion was the same with me was with the Mooseheads when I had that passion with the Mooseheads that I still have. And you go over and he starts showing you the jerseys and showing you the memorabilia. He's got goalie equipment and things like that. And you see the look of excitement on his face and he's excited to show off his memorabilia, you know? So like for me, I always be, I'm always the one showing it off. But to go over and see someone else's passion, it's exciting too. You get they're so excited to show you something. Oh, I get check out this. This is the game winning puck from, you know, when the Eagles won this, the series against Valdor. And you know, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I want
2: to talk about the Metro Center really quickly. Back sure. in the day when the glass was really low, the railings were white. Um, do you have a story about the Metro Center back in the day for me? Just something like back at the, were you ever in there when they were smoking cigarettes? Were you you in there that long ago?
3: (laughs) Uh, I don't remember smoking. Um, uh, Like my first, going to that first game in 1980 with my dad, I do recall that. uh, Getting a program, so excited to see hockey live. Um, The biggest thing that I always remember with the Metro Center was the orange seats. That's, to me, that's a fixture of the uh, Halifax Metro Center. So much so that when they did the renovation uh, back here a few years ago, 2014, 2015, can't remember how long now. Uh, I actually have a pair of the seats in my man cave as well. Awesome. It wasn't easy to track those down. They didn't save very many because a lot of them went to, uh, apparently they recycled a lot of them.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. yeah. They could have made some money off that. They could.
3: They could. Um, so, yeah, I have a set of seats, and it's uh, one of the seats is actually autographed by Brandon Reed.
2: My favorite player of all time,
3: super guy, super guy. Actually, you know, I just met Brandon here uh, probably about three months ago. Uh, oh my God, are you? See- he was in
2: Halifax I, three months I, ago. I
3: didn't meet him personally. I got to chat with him on the phone. Super guy uh, was selling off some of his jerseys.
2: Fifty-five. When I played Pee Wee AAA, I went to the Quebec tournament, represented the Mooseheads. I wore number fifty-five because of him.
3: Awesome. That's yeah. a great, you know, things and stories like that are the ones that so many fans don't get to hear, yeah. you know, what, what num- why did you pick a particular number? Sometimes it's just random and other times it's because, you know, the, yeah. the, the player has a history with it. It's yeah. their favorite player. Brandon was super nice to deal with. So, I mean, I have quite a few of his game jerseys now and he was, uh, he was actually excited for someone like me to get the jerseys for the jerseys to come back to Halifax and that, and I love that. I love hearing that story. Kevin Kaminsky, killer with the Halifax Citadels. That guy was so excited to have his jersey coming back to Halifax. Um, I, I felt his passion. It gives me, like, the fist pump on, uh, you know, text <laughs> message, like, Dale, you did it, man. Like, this is awesome. You're getting my jersey back in Halifax. I'm, I'm actually very happy for that. Yeah, it's where it belongs. You know, and that's, when you make that connection with a player, it's great. I absolutely love it. And I, and I don't do it to make everybody, anybody jealous. I just, I just... It's again the passion.
2: Do you have any Brandon Reed jerseys? Oh, yeah, five Ga- game worn.
3: Five of them. <laughs> no,
2: well, so yeah, do you have a black? Is it was so a
3: white, red? Do you have a black? I have one? his uh, Memorial Cup, the Bauer.
2: Uh, is it Bauer? The Memorial Cup, they are Cup Bowers, yeah. Bauer, yeah. His
3: red, uh, his red Bauer, uh, Mooseheads with the A in the Memorial Cup patch. Um, his uh, white same thing, yeah, uh, the white m- one with the m- stripe. M- Yep, yeah, absolutely. The and then uh, he, again, recently, he just decided to let some things go, and I picked up his Memorial Cup uh, captain jerseys from when he went to uh, Memorial Cup with Valdor. Valdor,
2: the green, yes. The green
3: and the white, and his Team Canada, when he represented Team Canada. World juniors. Yeah, he didn't even keep that one. He let that one go, and that one has an A on it as well when he wore number 25.
2: No way. Dude, you, Dale, you have to, like, people need to see this stuff. I'm not even, I'm not, like, you're sitting there laughing. I'm not laughing. Yeah, I'm not joking at all. Like you need, I know it sucks right now with COVID and everything, and people mm-hmm. aren't out. But when this is all over, you got to go downtown and find a place. I don't know how much rent is down <laughs> for a for a for a storefront in downtown, but you you talk about hockey history in Halifax. People need to see this stuff. You charge thirty bucks, twenty five bucks at the door, you'll get people coming in and out. Oh man, like I, I'm busy. Like I want to come and see this stuff, but you need there has to be something there. I know. Well, you're a landscaper, so you're not even working right now. But, like, you, you, you talk about time and, like, oh, tr- have- and you're saying you have other people that have the same hobbies as you. Mm-hmm. I'm not questioning your
3: what you have, and maybe some other people could add to it. But, oh, there's do- others locally that can add to it. Absolutely. Oh, damn I mean, there's, me. a, you know, that's, and that's the thing. There's, there's a lot of hardcore collectors here just in the Nova Scotia, uh, and just in the province of Nova Scotia that have other things that are definitely you know, need to be shown and appreciated. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, whether You, can, you it's... could host
2: autographs. Sorry to interrupt you. you no, go on?
3: ahead. I mean, whether it's, you know, Cape Breton memorabilia, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Windsor, I mean, uh, you know, the birthplace of hockey, there's all kinds of memorabilia out there that guys have that uh, would be such an addition and appreciate it by people if they could see it. No question.
2: No questions asked.
3: You can host little
2: autograph sessions for when Jody Shelley comes back. He's in your shop signing autographs. People get to come in, charge twenty five bucks to Oh you're all the right? oh, wheels, no. the wheels are oh, just turning. Man. Now. Like, yeah, like you're like I, I don't even think <laughs> wheels need to turn. I think it's done and done. You like it's there's just there's no the business plan is set in stone. It's you can make some money off that. I like I don't you know. know. They, I, they just, this is just the entrepreneur coming out of me, but there could be other X's and O's I don't know about, but my God, some of the stories you're telling. So yeah, like the, the to be able to open up a storefront, I think is a high, sorry, we had technical difficulties there, but um, I think opening up a storefront is, is doable, but I'm going to shut up because that's a lot of work that you'd have to do. So there might be a lot of people, like I said, calling you in the next three days saying, do it, do it, do it. I don't want to make your life more stressful, but anyways, that's just where my head's at. I think that uh, is
3: just being able to reach the right people. Yeah, I that's mean, there's fair. all kinds that's of fair. people. Like, I mean, uh, again, you you had mentioned about the Nova Scotia Sports Hall of Fame. You know, like when they were set up at the uh, at the Halifax Metro Center, uh, Scotia Bank Center, whatever you want to call the building. Um, you know, people <laughs> would go through that all the time, and that's only a small sample of the things they have. The space they had there was very limited. I t- I totally understand, um, and I believe they're working on a new home if they don't already have one. Uh, I just don't think it's open yet. And again, I've, I would really, you know, like to talk to somebody there, you know, if they're, once these COVID times are kind of, you know, a thing of the past on getting something set up there because, uh, there's so many things that people could appreciate and know it
2: there's a big thing of that business what would have to be tourists and fans coming from other cities. We all know with the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, fans are very loyal and you know when Moncton comes here, there's going to be fans from Moncton, Cape Breton obviously. And uh, summertime, people from all over Canada come here cuz it's the home of Crosby. So there, there's there's definitely that uh, that that nostalgic feel here when it comes to the game in the Maritime provinces and for you to have all that memorabilia and kind of make all that memorabilia glue and have everything come together. I don't know, I just think there's something there. That's me.
3: Uh, I I totally agree with you. I really do. When the Mooseheads uh, hosted the Memorial Cup here a couple years ago, I actually did reach out to the team uh, to do uh, a display of Mooseheads' history. I mean, because I have all the— There's no one particular player of all the greats that have come through here that I don't have. You name it, I have it. Jaguar, Shelley, Tangay, Nagy. You know, more recently, uh, uh, McKinnon, Drouin, Ehlers, Meyer, Heischer. I have them all. Ma- the masks of, you know, some of the mm-hmm. who said goalies that are the greats. Goalie gear from those guys. I have it all for display. And they just said that there wasn't any room.
2: I'm not going to comment on that. It was disappointing. That's not disappointing. That is... I'm furious. That, that, I'm not going to... I can't comment on that. But that's infuriating. That's, um, so, okay. I'm going to move on from that. Yeah. That's, um,
3: I don't have very many negative things to say about uh, the organization, but that was a little disappointing. Whether I didn't reach the right person or not could be another story, but I was talking to an executive. That's all right. Um, to have a hobby and a passion
2: like this time and effort, how much time and effort goes into it? Hours per the day. You're saying you're looking on eBay, you're.
3: Lots. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that, uh, I don't think some other collectors locally here understand. And I think that's maybe where some of the jealousy comes into play with other, with other hobby enthusiasts is, you know, how did you find that? Like, I don't, you know, like you're so lucky to get that, you know, there is luck involved with it, but there's so much that goes, behind, goes on behind the scenes to get a piece sometimes hours of, uh, research on the internet to find a guy's either a phone number or a uh, a way to k- connect to a player, uh, or because sometimes uh, reaching out to someone doesn't lead to anything, but they have another lead for you. Oh, hey, listen, I don't have that, but you know what? I know a guy that's you know low, very private has an item that you might be interested in. Let me reach out to him and see that if he'll uh, you know give it, give him a heads up that you might reach out to him or see if he's interested in maybe moving this piece. And sometimes you'll reach out. Uh, You know, so now you're like two or three people deep into finding another person uh, for a particular piece. And when you first reach out, when you finally get to that point, there'll be, the the response might be, "Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. You know, it's not really what I want to do. Okay, well, listen, if you ever change your mind, uh, here, let me send you some pictures of the things that I have. Just to show you that I'm not a guy that's looking to, you know, buy it and then flip it. Like six months, two years down the road. Let me show you the things I've accumulated here in the last like eight years, ten years. And you'll see that I'm a guy that has the passion, that wants to display it and have others appreciate it. And then all of a sudden everything changes. Oh, wow. They they, they realize you're not just in it for a quick buck or, or, or something. That, you know, maybe I'm not appreciating this particular item anymore. So you are the guy to have that, I think. I want you to have that. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, you know, then the negotiations start. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you want? You know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and most times it's monetary. And then other times it's trading. You know, we have, oh, you have a Cape Breton Oilers jersey? Oh, you know, I don't have one of those in my collection. So why don't we do this trade? And they'll, you know, and then you start, nego- it's a negotiation. Yeah. You know, and other times, and this is my favorite part, is they'll say, no, nah, I'm not interested right now, but I'll keep you in mind. So I call it planting the seeds. And I'm telling you, I've had quite a few things grow from those seeds because you'll just be, I can remember a couple of times where I just in the gym, you know, having a quick workout and the phone will ding, messenger, and literally uh, one particular message of many says, Dale, I think it's time. I think I'll let that piece go to you. Just randomly. You're not expecting it, but always ready for that moment. Life, man. Life is funny. You know? Planting seeds. I love it. That's planting, what life's about, planting seeds. Planting seeds. And I've been fortunate and I'm very lucky to be in the position that I am to to be able to spend the money and to meet the people that I have with, you know, the, the job I do and the lifestyle that I've lived now. And so I'm thankful for all that. So the whole journey when you first started, let's say your first trade, your first whatever, did you think it would be like this? Never. No. Never. The way that we you know one hockey jersey has led to this. Like I mean it's it's part of my life now. It's not work. It's just, it's just what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, being off in the winter time for a couple months, um, you know, cause uh, we, you know, my landscaping company doesn't do snow removal and you know, we work hard for the months that we do. And so some people call this my winter job, my hockey search, but, and that's what the first few years started as like lo- looking for pieces, but now it's all the time. I'll be at work and we'll be laying sod and my phone will message and it's someone that's Hey Dale, you got to see this. This just came up on online. You need to get this. You know and, so, and sometimes I'm not interested, and other times I'm like, oh wow, I have it's it's like I have guys looking out for me, and they're all over the place. I'm
2: looking out for you now, man. Like after you hearing know? this, I'm looking out for you hundred <laughs> like percent.
3: Messages randomly throughout the whole day, Dale. I don't want you to miss this. You got to see this. Yeah. And it's great. It's great that others are, you know, have an eye, an eye open for you. It's funny how passion relays to other people. That's how I feel about this podcast. The passion oozes through the
2: microphones, people hear it, and people look out for me in certain ways. And I feel that's the exact same thing for you. If you're passionate, you have a, a good attitude towards the things that you're doing, mm-hmm. and you don't have greed behind them, people are going to look out for you 100%, especially in Nova Scotia.
3: Yeah. People I mean- care.
2: People do care in Nova yeah. Scotia.
3: This is, this is still the best place to live. I love it here.
2: Well, think about it. Remember, you just talked about who, the goalie that played here. Mark Olden. You know, it's but talk about all like the kids that move here that go to Dallas, Mew, King's College. They don't even play hockey, but they live here for four years. They meet a girl. And, and then, they okay. Stay um, and they stay here. They stay. But they I really do. I can't tell you how many guys we've had on the podcast yep. that are from Ontario, but they're just like, I'm never moving. Never. Yep. Well, of all well, the move. former
3: players that have come through the city of Halifax, they all say the same thing. Warren Skorandensky, same thing. Mm said That was the best time of my life living in Halifax. I loved the city. The, the people were great. Not just, you know, the hockey people, but just living in the city. And these guys, they want to come back. Yeah, Warren uh, started mentioning, uh, what's real estate like there? I want to move back there someday. I mean, he lives out west now, but wants to move back here just because he really enjoyed his time here. And mm-hmm. that's awesome to hear. Yeah. But I mean, it's Nova Scotians taking care of Nova Scotians. Like, you know, when I found this jersey of yours, um, you know, and how I, how I got your jersey was, it was actually a, um, uh, someone involved with the Mooseheads organization that, uh, had a friend that was, uh, trying to sell some, tr- trying to sell some jerseys, uh, whether it was for, you know, Christmas cash or, or whatever. Um, you know, don't, don't ask that. Don't ask those questions. Um, I said, well, send me some pictures of what you have. I'm always interested because that's why the guy reached out to me because he knows that pretty much I, I hardly ever say no. You know, it's a it's a bad, it's an addiction, unfortunately. You know, it's like if- There's worse
2: addictions you could spend there your money There are on, worse you know? addictions you could spend money on,
3: absolutely. Uh, sent me some pictures and uh, I was like, you know what? There's always guys looking for those. Um, you know, whether I keep those ones forever, hard to say. But people are always asking me for particular, uh, Mooseheads fans, that is, are always reaching out for, hey, do you have any Battle of Nova Scotia? Do you have any pink in the rink jerseys? Do you have military night D&D jerseys, right? They love those specialty ones because they're flashy. Um, Yeah, exactly. And it's, they're just so unique. Like, they're just... Yeah, I mean, your your particular jersey has been probably one of the most popular ones because it's... Basically, the flag of Nova Scotia thrown yeah. on, on a jersey with the Mooseheads logos on the, on the shoulders. Yeah. And as soon as I seen uh, um, the nice ones that they were, I, I, I did take them. And, of course, uh, with you, I just thought, there's no way this guy's not going to want this jersey. No way. So I immediately reached out to you. Well, once the Christmas, uh, you know, you're busy. It's Christmas time. Everybody's busy. So, you know, it took me a few days to get, you know, get in touch with you. Um, but once I did, same thing. Like the excitement for you was obvious. Yeah. You know, you can, fe- you can feel excitement. You know, they, people say there's no emotions tagged to a message sometimes. Oh. <laughs> but sometimes there is. There really is. You can tell. You don't have to put an emoji to feel someone's emotions.
2: I'll get a sale for advertising on this podcast and I won't get as excited as for what that message you sent me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'll make, you know, I'll make X amount of dollars. I'll be pumped, but then you send me this. I'm like there's no there's That's you know what what do they say like there's things you can't put a price on. Like it's just one of those things, but those things only come across 5 10 times in your life. It's a I'm starting to learn that as you get older, you, there's start there, there's physical objects that have sentimental value to you because you want to remember those times when you're younger, when you were, yeah, when you were youthful. And that's just, that's exactly what this Jersey is. And it's going to be with me Great. for the rest of my life now. Great. I, I'm glad that I could reunite you with it. I oh, really am. Well, I can't, I can't wait to show everyone, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, this is my, uh, this is my hall of fame. Just awesome. I'll That's this awesome, off. man. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I wanted to talk about cards and sticks. Would, would, do you have a good card collection? Because I saw jerseys, sticks, like helmets, like but the, I didn't see any cards. So I was wondering about that.
3: Cards actually was my first love when I was a kid. I can remember um, back, well, This would be in probably early 80s, always loved hockey cards. Collector cards, you know, Wayne Gretzky, rookie cards, all those. I remember pitching cards up against you, pitch cards up against a wall, and there was always a couple games you could play for pitching cards up against a wall. Sorry, what
2: does that mean, pitch cards?
3: hold the card between two fingers like your index finger and your middle finger and you'd throw it up against a wall and whoever got closer to the wall would win the cards. Oh like quarters like Michael yeah. Jordan in the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a perfect analogy. Yeah. Right? And then there'd be another game where you'd throw them and uh, if you landed another card on top of the card then you won all the cards. Right, And sometimes that would go pretty deep. You know, you get like 50 cards going out there, right? And then like, oh, come on, you do it on the grass. And of course, if the grass blade was holding the card up from touching, oh no, that, that's not good. That's that's not a, you don't win yet. And so sometimes you'd collect major cards. Collections like that. And that's why cards now from the older days are worth so much because people would pitch them up against the walls. And so the corners would get bent or they put those cards in, in a, you know, up against their, uh, the spokes of their bicycle. And then, you know, the things beat to death, fold it in half or whatever. And so that's, what's made the hobby, what the card collecting business is today too. It's huge now. Huge. It's, it's got a, since COVID it's had a revitalization. It really has. Um, but I sold all my cards off back in, uh. 2000 just kind of got out of bought a house you know my first home back in 2000 and uh had lost the cards had lost their luster for me so i sold whole, the whole collection to uh to a collector and uh you know can maybe kept a handful of cards that might have made it meant a little more sentimental value to me mm. um but yeah I just kind of walked away from the hockey card business uh, and yeah you know, it's interesting just, it never really Pick back up for me either. It, like, it's interesting how you say
2: it's like two businesses. It's like the hockey card is its own business in itself, separate from the memorabilia. Billion
3: dollar business.
2: Billion dollar business, the card, we're not even like, not even hockey, just football,
3: like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Those Pokemon oh.
2: cards are huge now. Yep. They're massive, millions yeah, and of the, dollars. And the, and
3: the guys that collect cards, same thing. They have the passion for it. Yeah. You know, the big thing now is grading cards, sending a card and, you know, getting a grade. If it's graded at 10, oh baby, we got some big money here. Yeah. You know, like a Wayne Gretzky graded... The highest grade of card. I don't even know if there is a perfect 10. There might be two perfect 10s, I think, out there in existence. And it went for over a million dollars. What makes a 10 of 10? Perfect centering, perfect corners, no bubble gum stuck to it, like residue, no wax from the pack stuck on the back of it. Interesting. No blurry, not not a double stamp kind of thing, like sometimes the factory prints out a line. A lot of a lot of factors involved in that, like Gretzky cards grade it typically I believe like you know sometimes guys think they got a perfect one they send it in they only get like a seven seven and a half right? I'd so. like to have one of those guys that grades the cards on the podcast. that'd be a cool interview yeah it would see, be an interesting
2: job to see uh well what well, why do you get to pick if it's a ten or a yeah, I don't know what know? the
3: specifications to be where a do you go expert. to school yeah to do that I don't know. Yeah, I, there are, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, there are guys in the metro area that are certified for this area to do it for, no way. for companies. Yeah,
2: if anyone's listening and knows one of those guys, let me know. That'd be a really cool, cool podcast. I'd love to do that.
3: Um, sticks, sticks. I have sticks. Yeah, uh, some Voyager sticks, some Moosehead sticks, Halifax Citadel sticks, Nova Scotia Oilers. You know, again, Nova Scotia, yeah. Nova Scotia quality players, teams. Um, Back you know, in the day, did they stamp the names? Uh, on they, the stick? They did, yeah. They did? I have, um, I think my oldest stick is, I think, a Pierre Mondoux. Oh, no, sorry, I'm mistaken. My oldest stick is a uh, Michel de Guise uh, goalie stick for the, a goalie for the Voyagers from, uh, I want to say it's the 72 season, because there's actually a date stamped on it. Oh. I think, yeah, it actually says uh, his name's stamped on the on the top sha- top part of the shaft of the stick. And just down from that, a few inches is, uh, I think it says March, ni- March, whatever, 1972. No way. Which is kind of cool. Cause then you can date a stick a lot more than, you yes. know, I have Jaguar sticks that are dated like 1996 or 1997, hmm. which helps you identify the year too. Cause, um, you know, like Ron Tugnut, I have a Ron Tugnut stick <laughs> from when he played with the Citadels and it has a piece of white hockey tape stuck to the shaft And it says, this is Ron Tugnut's stick. I obtained it at a uh, Halifax Liddles practice at the Dell Rink back in February, whatever, there's a date, specific day, 1989. And you're like, wow. There you go. That's cool. And his name stamped on the, on the blade, on the shaft of the stick.
2: That is insane. In the tape, you know,
3: white tape. So it's got, It's probably yellow now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yellow. You know, when you get into the white tape sticks, yeah, they had, they're all, you know, they got the yellow discoloration to them and that. (laughs) Uh, But that's character. Is there any crazy knobs that are memorable? Yeah. Some of them have, uh, you know, some goalies hardly have any tape on the end. And then I think there's a, I have a Scott Gordon, uh, again, Citadel, ex-Citadels goalie. And man, I think he used the whole roll on the end of the butt end. Like I don't know how that would be comfortable. As a goalie, I know what I liked. And I guess, you know, again, personal taste. But yeah, the thing has it has it's absolutely a whole roll of tape. Huh. It's gotta be about a four inch circle at the end of the at the end of the the shaft sh- uh, of the stick. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know how you could ever Man. He's not dropping that one on a poke check, I can <laughs> yeah. tell you that. You know?
1: uh,
2: when people come over and visit how much time are we at right now? When people come over and uh, they look at everything, what's the most common? Everyone goes, "Wow!" They do. What? what no, but what? <laughs> but was what? What's the most common piece of, uh, um, blanking here on the word? But like piece of property you own.
3: Well, what is it that that gives the wow factor? But what's the wow factor? I don't know if I could zoom in on one particular item. Um, it's just when they take the corner, coming down into the into like the man cave area. Uh, in the Hubley hall, it's just the, the quantity and the quality of the merchandise and of the, of the memorabilia and the way it's displayed. Like it, it just gives you that wow factor as soon as you see it, you know, you're expecting to see maybe, you know, three or four things. And then there's display cases full of championship rings and, and 1980 fiberglass Ernie Higgins goalie masks that are, you know, highly sought after and trophies. And it's just laid out like I love. I'm, you know, merch. I should have a, a, a merchandising degree <laughs> from going to university, not the degree that I got from going to the SMU. Um, marketing in that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. It's just come naturally to me to show things off to display them properly. I mean, I did retail. I had my own retail business for 15 years, and I guess maybe that merchandising background. I just, you know, it's just second nature to me. It doesn't even, it's no, it's a no-brainer. I get a piece and I know exactly what I want to do with it and how I want to show it off. You know, you go up to a cabinet that, a display cabinet, and you know how you want to lay out a pair of Guy carbono skates. And I thought, you know, how are we going to do this? Okay, I got an idea. Go see a friend of mine. We take a piece of uh, a quarter-inch plexiglass and we notch two little, two little strips in it, put the skates right in it. Now it looks like the, the skates are actually sitting on ice. Yeah, that's sick. You know, with a, picture, with a picture of Guy Carboneau That's sitting cool. right in front of the skates. And so there you go. Now you know exactly what those are.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. Are you ever sitting in there and think, I want to reorganize it? I do that with the studio sometimes. I go, eh,
3: this could be, my... do you ever do that? All the time. Yeah? You know, How, many, when, how many times have you so, done it? <laughs> I, I lost track. I couldn't tell you exactly <laughs> how many times. Sometimes one new piece will change the whole corner. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, oh, I got to show this one off. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, we have manic there's mannequins with jerseys on them. And, you know, if a piece is, a new piece is, uh, demands being shown off, okay, I got to take this one off and put a new one on. And then how are we going to show this? Like, you know, sometimes there's a picture with it. could be an auto, like Kevin Kaminsky's jersey when, when I got his Citadels one, he sent an autographed picture with it, Dale to Dale killer. No one takes the fort my friend.
2: Ah, <laughs> I love that,
3: you know. The personal messages are the yeah, best. Yeah, it's great. That's and awesome. now that picture will sit with the jersey yeah. and so you know, it's it means even a little more to me.
2: That's unreal. So, so, um a little bit of advice for someone maybe that wants to get into the line of hobby or work that you do.
3: Obviously passion needs to be there, but focus Focus. Yeah, focus on where you want to go with the hobby. Some guys like collecting just pucks. Some guys just do sticks. Some guys just do jerseys. You know, for me, I was, a, you know, I started off with jerseys, then it evolved to a goalie mask, and then lots of goalie masks, and then trophies and rings. But the common denominator in mine is it's all Nova Scotia. It's all local maritime hockey memorabilia. But that that covers such a broad range for what, you know, my spectrum is now, but know what you want to collect. If you just want to focus on jerseys or if you want to focus on one team, you know, like I did when I first started Halifax Moose Hits. that was, that was my, that was my passion. And then I branched out to the history of the team. And now I like, I like collecting whether, you know, I just found a 1946 program of the Moncton Hawks versus the Halifax United Services team. Yeah, exactly. A senior, you just said. a senior hockey team from the forties. There's so many other teams out there that I'm learning about. The, the Halifax Wolverines, the, the, you know, like I said, the Junior Canadians, the Halifax Junior Canadians. And if anybody has any Halifax Junior Canadians <laughs> merchandise, I am in the market. Hey, no free plugs <laughs> here. Hey, you got to pay for that. <laughs> Finding their stuff is very rare, like programs and pictures. I mean, my ultimate uh, holy grail for them would obviously be to find a jersey of, of you know, one of the players that would be ultimate. Because they did have... Uh, their jerseys actually are similar to the uh, Battle of Nova Scotia that you're wearing. The Nova Scotia crest was actually right on the uh, front of the oh, yeah. uh, of the of the jersey. Oh, yeah, very cool, right? The black Halifax Moosehead script jerseys that so many fans love that just said Halifax right across the chest. That's actually a tribute to the Halifax Wolverines. Oh, the Halifax Wolverines. That's what they're said. Halifax and script right across the chest. It's so it's actually a throwback to their that team in the 50s. Wow. A lot of people don't know that. No, you I didn't think, know. The oh, just came up with the Halifax well, script. I, I
2: thought you went, when you said Halifax Wolverines, I thought you meant the Junior A team here in like the early 2000s. I didn't know there was a team in the 50s.
3: Mm-hmm. There was. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hard to come across pictures and that. I mean, you never find a jersey of them. But, you know, that's... If there's one out there, I bet. Well, there's probably one out there. I mean, it's like going to the Nova Scotia Sports Hall of Fame and seeing some of the trophies and some of the old sticks that they've have. You know, like you wonder, where did that come from? And Mm. again, there's a story with every piece. And that's what's interesting. For me, just hearing some of the stories. Mm. How you sometimes either saved it from garbage, you know, and I know I've saved some things from the trash. um, Where it came from. Can you give me one of your favorite stories about a piece? I can, yeah. Uh, Recently, uh, this summer uh reached out to a gentleman that uh, I had found online that had a, Helif- uh, sorry, a Nova Scotia Voyagers jersey. And uh, he said his brother worked at a bar in Halifax that the team would frequent after the games. You know, sometimes players blow off some steam, go for a couple of drinks. I mean, these these were men, right? Because they're, a- they're AHL players. So AHL back then was, you know, from 20 to no limit. 40. Yeah. Right, exactly. So um, Pat Hughes, and, uh geez, what was the other guy's name that came in? Two players. Anyway, two players came in, and uh, they were, uh, Shot, sorry, Rod Shot, that was the other player. Rod Shot and Pat Hughes would come into the bar, and uh, this guy's brother was a bouncer, or not a, sorry, bouncer. I'm ruining the story here now. Oh,
2: sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm in it, I'm in it. Yeah.
3: He worked at the bar. Okay. And uh, he wanted to get his brother a jersey, a, a jersey of the Nova Scotia Porters. Who better to ask? Two players, right? So he asks. He's waiting on these guys, and he asks them, "Hey, can you guys get me a jersey?" They said, "Ah, oh, you know, probably, but it's gonna, you know, it's gonna cost you something." And we don't want money. We want where are you from? I was So sure, <laughs> I bought a couple of bottles of rum. <laughs> he said, "All right, well, we'll do this deal. Next time you guys are in after a game, I'll be ready for you." So players come back. I don't know how many games later. Who knows? And, uh, but he's got a couple of bottles of 151 boat rum for them. Oh baby. oh yeah. Oh, baby. I can just see those guys now. They were probably so <laughs> hot and horny to give that jersey back over to the <laughs> to the guy working there and be like, "Yeah, where's our rum?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they each got a bottle of 151 boat rum. But he got the jersey and gave it to his brother, and it's been in his hands. It was in his hands from 1976 all the way until this summer. Wow. And when I reached out to the guy, he he said, "Dale, I know who you are. I've seen you on, you know the." atv a few times and uh i think that uh you're the kind of guy that deserves to own this jersey now it's just sitting in my basement in a box and i could tell because you could when we when we went for the transaction it just had that like musty basement smell to it love it as soon as he gave this to me i smelled it <laughs> i did he's the nostalgia the smell yes it's like you just smell it yep and so uh yeah he said uh you know, I, I gave him a price and I said, let me know your thoughts. Cause you never know what a guy's going to come back with. Like, oh, that's an insult or, you know, yeah. no, no, I think I'd rather hang on to it. And then that happens. And he said, well, Dale, my thoughts are that this will probably be in Hubley's Hall before the end of the week. And so we got together a few days later and he was so happy to to have the jersey in good hands. And I was really happy to get it. And again, it's a focus, it's a focal point. And my collection was a great jersey to pick up. It was actually a 1973 uh, 74 Jim Shaw goalie jersey. And Jim actually that year was a second team All Star, team MVP for the Voyagers, and won the Hap Holmes trophy for best goaltending in the, in the league with uh, uh, who do you win that with? Dave Ellenbass. Wow. That was a great piece to pick up. Do those jerseys back in the uh, back in the day have
2: the strap on the back or no? Uh,
3: geez, I'm thinking now. It must have because the 71, 72 Voyagers do. Not much of it. They used to call it a garter strap. It's not It's not the fight straps that we know nowadays.
2: So what? What, what's it, what does it look like? Is it
3: just a little thin strap with a, like a actually with a metal hook right on the end that must have hooked on like the hook? The... No snap? Nope. Oh, you feel a hook would come a off little, like that. a little button that would hook on like a button. Oh yeah, yeah, not like the ones you know nowadays. Oh, the ones nowadays are they're not even off. And and that and things even in that it's evolved over the years. Like I have uh, the a lot of the mid '80s jerseys, like a perfect example, the Nike jerseys that the Nova Scotia Oilers wore. Uh, they just had a loop, and all you do is uh, to keep it as a tie down, a shoe, uh, a skate lace. Uh, yeah, like talk about like sh- evolution. That's one thing I think that uh, maybe a lot of people don't understand. For what you
2: do, you get to see the evolution of jerseys, it, it, gear. It, it, true, very true.
3: You know that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The masks are the biggest thing too. Like to see that how the goalie masks have evolved, and and one of the things when Mark Holden's uh, when we did the deal with Mark, um, I got two masks from from Mark, and one was the you know the traditional face. Mold, molded to your face fiberglass mask. So that would have been his mask in like 1980, 81. But the following year is really where masks have come today.
2: What what year, sorry?
3: 1981, 82. 81. His mask was a LeFave mask that was a manufacturer, and I, I might not have said it right. Um, but it's kind of what the masks are today the fiberglass, but with the cage over the eye, like over the yeah, front gotcha. part of your face. Yeah. And it's so primitive, it's kind of funny to see because it's it's like hand welded. They're not like your cookie cutter mass produced from a factory now. That's where it started. Oh. Like you can see the spot welds huh. holding the metal cage for the face, for the eyes and the face together. Wow. And it's evolved to what we know today for manufacturers like Bauer and CCM.
2: It'll be interesting to see the next 20 years, if you're still in this game, to see the gear, how it's evolutioned or just came about from oh. today
3: goalie pads jaguar's goalie pads that i have com- compared to you know gravel's goalie pads of now like the weight
2: like you could you
3: hit. could oh so heavy back in the day like yeah. you know jaguar's 32 inch or 34 inch pads you know with the knee with the knee ribs in them and stuff like that coho be, uh louisville louisville that was close yeah yeah and then jaguar's or uh sorry gravel's new like ccm's Super light. Like you could take that pad and just throw it so far. Oh and yeah. Compared to the old, man, just the way, even the straps, the evolution of the straps, where the placement is. And, you yeah. know, it really is cool to see. Yeah, definitely. You know, to compare, I have well, four or five sets of pads and to go from like 96 to 2021, huge, huge. Huge difference. Oh yeah. Big time. The height, the thickness, I, the, the weight.
2: I always thought the evolution of the visor was different. I was back in the day where we had to wear the bubble. I think the worst, I hated the bubble. And what they wear now is great. They got the bower, it looks great, a little thinner and the, the steam goes up through. But The yep. bubble would stop it here and then it would steam up oh, a little yeah. bit it was
3: the worst always wiping it off with the with the towel so always get back to the bench
2: always yeah. wiping it off with the towel and then i remember like the brandon reed era, that wasn't even that good either they had the kind of square mm-hmm. nose that that wasn't the best either but i think they have it perfect right now with how the visors look they're, they're, oh, they're even clean. jerseys
3: the, the 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 new CCM quick lights yeah you know, so much lighter like designed in the shoulder area for players like you compare a a 1980s jersey to a 2020 moose edge jersey like just night and day yeah not just the weight but the breathability the way they're molded to the player's shoulders
2: i remember that was one of the big things i noticed when i got called up because junior a you just get whatever joe blow jersey. But when you get called up to the queue you get those they were called reebok edge jerseys back Mm -hmm. in the day this isn't one of them this is i don't know what this is but still you can still notice the um the stitching And the quality of it compared Mm -hmm. to the things that you'd wear in Junior A. And I always remember that was a a big uh, excitement point. was put on the Moosehead jersey, and it was a real pro-stock Reebok-edge jersey. And there was a theory out there that, you know, you could sprinkle water on it and the water would run right off and it did kind of run off it kind of stepped in a little bit too but I remember getting the jersey putting it on I'm in the dressing room and I just put a little water on my arm just to see it run <laughs> off and I always remember that was kind of a cool thing because everything just fits so nice and clean and the pro stock gear for hockey is so much better than the stuff they sell at uh, like sport Check or Cleves it's 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 uh yeah
3: it's it's cool to see it's it's really neat to compare the old with the new the just the evolution like you said of how far things have come and where they're, where they're probably going even
2: yeah, exactly.
3: You know, is the goalie masks of today what we're going to see 10 oh, years yeah. from now, yeah. 20 years from now? Like, I compare, a, uh, I have a Mark Yetman uh, mask when he was on the Moose Eds, and it's a uh, it's an iTech, and the size of it compared to a CCM Gravel, night and day. The, the Gravel is so sleek, it looks so narrow, it's almost like half the width of this... Mark Yetman And I don't think Mark had that big a hit it's just the design yeah. of the mask
2: I-tech. i tech mean, it wasn't you know. i remember those i tech helmets yeah they which were, they were which chunky e- they were
3: chunky they eventually evolved into the the i don't know if bauer bought them or if they just evolved into the or if bauer just kind of became the manufacturer supplier for the queue there for for many, for a few years um but they just were m- more streamlined mm. once they were bowers yeah, the maybe, fitment, maybe the fitment just even looked better on them. And the safety factor, too, it looked like.
2: Yeah, well, you look at some of these hockey guys now and the gear and how not smaller they look. But it's just it just it just makes so much more sense the way they look now compared to the way they mm. looked back in the day. Shin pads, shoulder pads, oh. elbow pads, gloves, helmets, skates. Mm-hmm. It's it it's unbelievable how like you know, you're watching the juniors yesterday and you see Bedard go up the ice and yeah, he looks good. He's putting the puck in the back of the net four times, but he looks good doing it. His gear fits well, his jerseys fit to him. It's I love gear and all that stuff. I've always been a little bit of a, a, a gear nerd. It's really cool to see how. One oh. day, one day, I think it's just going to be a one full piece suit, just chuck it on. Just <laughs> you slip into it, you zip it up sideways. You saw and you one go. of these
3: 1971, 72 Voyagers jerseys, you'd probably wear it as a t-shirt. Yeah. Just because they're that small. Yeah. Now, like back then. Want to
2: get that th- the the thing? It's probably made of like cotton. Just keep it on on him. Yeah. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's. Uh, they it's weren't
3: a, designed for big gear, put it that way. I mean, the gear back then was, you know, elbow pads and shoulder gear was. Just a little padding.
2: Oh, my dad played junior. He played in Gatineau for a bit. And I looked at his uh, gear from back when he played in the day. It's just cotton. It's just. Yeah. It's cotton with a little bit of like, it looks like, um, like, you know what, like a melt carton looks like, but the plastic melt carton with like a little bit of that yeah, type of yeah. material. I wondered over how it. it protected them. You're really oh, bad. well, you look at the injuries back in the day. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Look yeah. at the gear they're wearing. <laughs> you know, it's nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Man, it's crazy. Um, is there anything else I should be asking right now? I feel like I, I covered a lot with what you do, your passion, your maybe hopefully plans to go forward with this. I really, really one day want to see a, a storefront or not a storefront, but just the, what do I say? You no, know, it's the hall of fame, some, uh, the hockey hall of fame. Yeah. Kind Nova of. Scotia, I mean, Ho- place, Nova Scotia hockey, you know, hall of fame. a place
3: that you can visit at any time really to see it during regular hours kind of thing. I mean, that's, that would be an end goal. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I've run out of space. I really have, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is for others to see it and appreciate it. Yeah. It's not to show it off, per se. It's to have others appreciate it. You know, like I said, I've met so many great people in this business. And, you know, like even, you know, if I have a get-together at my home and people come over, you know, even my wife now is like, you got to go down and see this. Yeah, you know. And she was like... Oh my God, another Jersey. Yeah. You know, I, you know, she's on a first name basis with all the couriers <laughs> and the Canada Post guy now, right? Do you knows the difference of a uh, Jersey box and the goalie mask box when they come to the house and, you know. And... That's how you know you've been in the game for a while. Yeah, there's no hiding a new piece anymore. You know, you yeah. get home and there's a piece on the island in a box. You're like, oh damn. <laughs> you still get a earful from her every now and then? Oh, no, you know what? Uh, she... <laughs> Is she on board? She's on board. Um really the, when Paul Hongsworth came over to the houses, I think she really appreciated where it's gone yeah. after all these years. I think she understands now the level of uh, commitment and passion to the hobby and how others appreciate it. I think she just thought that I was just a collector of old hockey, stinky junk, yeah. you know, and now sees how others appreciate it and, yeah. are, and are wowed and, you know, talk about it and things and things like that. Like, you know, Started, she's a hairdresser and started showing all her uh, clients the interviews or they'd they come in, you know, to get a, a haircut and say, I saw Dale on TV last night. Man, he's got some stuff. <laughs> and then I think that's what yeah, opened her eyes to yeah. it. And so she appreciates it now, too. Yeah. She doesn't go down there to see it too often. Like, yeah, you she know, lives like, there. like yeah. I said, it's her rule as long as it doesn't come upstairs. Right? That's a fair rule. You know, bills are paid. Yep. I, you know, I have my passion. She has her things. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Mutual agreement on. I love that. (laughs) The the space limitations of where it can go. And I respect that. And yeah, it's. Well,
2: I hope, like I said, one day I'm walking by and I randomly look to the right and I see your store right there.
3: Hey, man. Look, you're welcome anytime to come over once, you know, these COVID times are over. You know, obviously we're in not a great time right now. Um just, you know, disappointing that normalcy has left our lifestyles. It's tough. You know, but, um, you know, normal times will be back. I hope so. You know, for me, uh, you know, maybe when those normal times come back, you know, maybe there's, you know, I've, by then I've reached out to, you know, maybe Nova Scotia Sports Hall of Fame, you know, like wherever, as long as the understanding with, with wherever I do something is it's mine, you know, like. You know, for me, you know, I've I've spent a good chunk of change on this hobby and that, and, you know, uh, whether my daughter is the one that ends up with it, because I only have the one, da- one, one child, um, but she likes it. She understands it, but um, whether it's hers and she does whatever she wants with it, mm. you know, then, you know, I think that she understands that it would be in their right hands. That's a thing. You got to make sure she understands the value of it,
2: mm. The the person you give it to. It's... You know, yeah. it's, 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 it it's, it, it, it's no offense, but it's bigger than you. It's it, that, that stuff is it Atlantic is. Canadian mm-hmm. sports history. That's like,
3: that's history. Yeah, it is history. history. is bigger than all of us. You know, and like, I hated history in high school. Same. My teacher would hear this now. He'd be like, yeah, see, I told you, Dale, history is important. It's. Right. And, and until, you start, until I started collecting all this stuff and then learning about the other, and I'm still learning now. Yeah. Like this. 1946 program I picked up. I'm like, Halifax United Services. Who are they? But then I read about them. Oh, you know what? This program, the program's dated. November 8th, 1946. 30 days later, they folded.
2: People need to know that 30, 40, 50 years from now.
3: The history of Halifax hockey goes back way further than the Voyagers, the Halifax Junior Canadians. It's all the 30s and 40s. And I am loving learning about it here.
2: You're, you'll have to send me some websites where you like you see this history. I'd love to look it up
3: too. Yeah, it's very interesting stuff. It yeah. really is. I'm I'm thrilled to learn even more. And that's the thing is learning. You learn more every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I couldn't tell you the name of three Halifax Junior Canadian players. You know. Six months ago, and now I'm peeling off their numbers. <laughs> yeah, now you're messaging them. Oh, 14, them. Yeah, Norm yeah. Guimon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, Bobby Sheehan, number nine. Yeah, he was a good player, scored a lot of goals. <laughs> Went on to NHL career, to Montreal Canadiens, California Golden Seals. Yeah. Hmm? YouTube's great for that stuff, too. YouTube it has is. some good uh, good videos on there. It is. From way back. Just be surprised how quick, I mean, social media is what it is now. There's so much. It's d- everything. Y- you can learn quickly. Yeah. You well, know? but it's at yeah. at your fingertips. Old, old, old clips. I have a guy in uh, Massachusetts. He's digitalizing all video clips of 1980s AHL hockey now. So what, he has it like on VHS, and he's
2: transferring it over.
3: Yep. Yeah. And he's like showed me the difference between like the regular footage, which is like so grainy you can barely make out the numbers on a player's jersey, to digitalizing it, and you're like, oh wow, is that a mark on that arm like that? That's a puck mark. Wow. Right?
2: They're very cool. They're doing a lot of that stuff with like World War One and Two, yeah. old footage, and they're digitalizing it, putting it on Netflix. I yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking
3: about. That's yeah. cool, and I mean that's great for you know someone like me because he's doing he's it's almost like he's doing the work for you. Yeah. He's doing it for himself, yeah. but he'll share it with you. Yeah, you know, which is great. I mean, to, to meet guys like that uh, only helps the hobby. Mm. You know, doing mm-hmm. the history of uh, you know, and that's the thing that you learn over the years. Um, trying to authenticate a Jersey is a big thing because like now the China knockoffs for everything nowadays and things like that. And I mean, criminals realize how to make fraud and, and make money off it. So now you've got guys that are like finding say an eighties Pittsburgh Penguins Jersey and taking a puck and putting a couple marks on it, scraping it and be like, yeah, that's a Mary Lemieux Jersey. It's
2: kind of smart, but it's a dick move. Absolutely. You know, that's crazy that Mm -hmm. they're they're, there. Because they know
3: what the jersey might sell for like $50,000. And they've stripped the numbers off uh, like a number six or something like that. And now, you know, best they could and now make it a 66, you know, and that's just an example. I'm not talking about any particular incident or anything like that. It's just, that's, you know, so the biggest thing in this hobby is they call it photo matching. So to find a picture of, you know, let's say uh, Nathan McKinnon here recently uh nathan mckinnon colorado avalanche jersey nowadays sells for like five grand really any given colorado avalanche nathan mckinnon jersey game worn game worn yeah a given five grand okay so you think you get a jersey and typically you would do and this is one thing that i would say for fans you know or anyone interested in the hobby is to do your research first to make sure that it is a legitimate you know say nathan mckinnon you know, Colorado LA, Avalanche jersey. And it could and I mean you know we could be talking about Brad Marcia or any any player, not just the local guys. Connor McDavid, big thing. Big money for his jerseys now, right? Twenty thousand, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for just the last couple of years, right? But to to photo match it. So and and now the players wear so many jerseys sometimes. So you're even looking for, you know, a perfect example would be uh, McDavid's a captain. So there could be a couple of loose threads on the sea. Mm. But if you can match them with, say, a Getty image or uh, any kind of online Google picture, you know, you find the highlights and games and video footage and you go through them. Here is, uh, you know, video footage from sitting on the bench. But you can pause it, zoom in, right?
2: So you got to match it with an image. I got you. you That's know It could cool. be a puck
3: mark, a yeah. stick fray on the arm, anything like that. Then you know you have a legitimate, authentic, game-worn jersey. Because the letter of authenticity is only as good as the piece of paper it's on. Mm-hmm. Right? You can... I can write a letter and say, yeah, this one was uh, worn by yeah, so Brandon Reed in 1999-2000 season. Huh. But when you have a picture of him wearing it in the Memorial Cup, hugging Alexei Volkov because they just lost, and it's all of this career's over with the Mooseheads, but there's a big puck mark across the front of the chest, bingo. Yep. There's the real deal. That's cool. Things <laughs> you learn things you learn that's unbelievable take a peep see take a piece of paper on face value but there's no denying a a picture that's yeah you know an authentic match this is
2: great i've <laughs> had a great time talking to you Dale. this is a, this is a, like this is a treat i really do appreciate you coming in and talking to us today uh, listen
3: i mean i look at myself back you know uh, 12 years ago when i first got into this and thinking you know now i'm the guy that helps people out sometimes like that, like telling them what to look for and the things to do, Yeah, you know, that are just getting into the hobby. Cause that's the thing about it. There's, it's when someone first gets in it, the excitement, well, hey, yeah. I got my first, I got my first jersey, man. You got to see this game worn jersey. Yeah. Right. And some people might only have one whether or how you got it
2: i only have one i'm happy i'm a collector now you know like what do you want me to do yeah. you know yeah you, that there, one
3: there'd be like another 20 out there that's the thing every nah, i'm good with the one but yeah i know what you mean no but, but there would be like 20 other ones from that from, that, from game. that game yeah right yeah you know and how many get worn like you see Mooseheads fans wear them to the game all the time especially the night of a battle of nova scotia game on new year's eve mm-hmm. fans will particularly wear those that but game must be coming up. Sorry, that, keep, sorry, keep going. Yeah, it's postponed now, obviously, oh, because it? of the COVID. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it would have been, you know, Jan- uh, 30th. December 30th or 31st. And the two-game, they call it the Hurley Cup now. The t- oh, do that? Two-game total goal series. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still the same kind of... I like the Battle of Nova Scotia better, but the Hurley Cup is, again, history with the, with the Hurley. Um, so, yeah. It's, it, but it's a game where you know, has meaning to the players. So a lot of those players get up for that game now because it's a rivalry. Definitely.
2: Especially if you're from Nova Scotia. Very fortunate to be from here and got to play in it.
3: You know, I saw the clip of you scoring yeah, it was cool. your yeah. goal in that. Because I got to be honest, I looked for pictures of you wearing this jersey yeah. and it, and I couldn't find anything. I found someone's Flickr account and I went through picture after picture after. That guy had like 50 pictures. And I'm like, he scored a goal. There's got to be a picture of him celebrating yeah.
2: Damn, there wasn't. They're all on my Facebook. Some guy, someone, ta- I think it was Amanda Wicks who tagged me in all those photos. But then I looked one day randomly online four years ago. I typed in "Battle of Nova Scotia" and it was the game. And this one guy was filming, and oh, wow. my goal was there. But it was just me doing my research. Like, oh, that's me, twenty-seven. Yeah, like
3: when you ta- when I got tagged in your uh, in the high button sports. Yeah. Uh, post there, I was like, oh man, he's got, even has a highlight of the goal. Awesome. And then it was like three or four pictures of you, one uh, right through the glass by obviously a fan or somebody taking a picture. And I was like, there it is. Yeah. There it is, man. Like there's no denying that's your jersey, especially since yours has a name bar on it where a lot of them were screen printed.
2: So mine's kind of unique
3: it from everyone else's. It is actually very unique that it has a name bar on it because they were all screen printed on.
2: Very cool. Good to know. Yeah. in the guy who did this, it was Ian Cox, who is now the equipment manager for the Ottawa Senators. Sweet. So he's the one who did that back in the day. Cause I remember seeing like, cause the, for the moose heads, the stitching room is right next to the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And I just, so I'm doing it. And was, all right, cool. That's me. <laughs> stories nice Nice. all right Dale I gotta let you go thank you very much for coming on the podcast you really appreciate it you're welcome back anytime like I said I'm sure you still have tons of stories we could talk about so we'll circle back up a couple months down the road and we'll uh, we'll we'll get together again and do this
3: sounds good really appreciate the time awesome Awesome. thank you very much no worries
2: everyone listening thank you very much uh, for tuning in Uh, enjoy the day happy new year I hope you had a great Christmas enjoy the world juniors tonight go Canada play in Germany Uh, I got nothing else to say we are out peace
0: Raining, there'll be days like this, when there's no one complaining. There'll be days like this, when everything falls into place, like the flick of a switch. Oh, my mama told me, there'll be days like this. When you don't need to worry. There'll be days like this, when the one's in a hurry. There'll be days like this, when all the parts of the puzzle start to look like they say, Then I must remember there'll be days like this. When you don't need an answer, there'll be days like this.
1: When you don't need a chancer,
0: there'll, like chance, there'll be days like this. When you don't get the trade. And I must remember There'll be days like this Nobody's business. Where did you want to live? Well, my mama told me there'll be days like this. One one steps on my dreams. There'll be days like this. People understand what I mean. There'll be days like this. When you ring out the changes, pop everything. Else? Well, my mama. There'll be days like this. I
1: well,
0: my mama told me There'll be days like this know. Well, my mama told me There'll be days Well, my mama told me, there'll be days like this. Oh, my mama told me, she said, there'll be days like this.